Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning, Kelly. How are you today? Good morning. I'm ready. Good. Just like for the day, for the story, you're going for to everything. Need- well, you're going to need to be ready, oh, and boy. and I and I really think your background in life coaching and psychology is really going to come through in this session. And I think that listeners are going to sit here today and really think, what a freaking tough story! And some of them, are, I think, are going to just totally dissociate from it hmm. and maybe want to like totally tune out. Uh, it's got a lot to do with religion, so I'll preface it with that. Um, but I think some of them might just be able to sit back and go, God, I so relate to this, whether it's because of this person's religious beliefs or someone in the that's listening to this can say, okay, if I pull the religion part out of it, I still can relate to it because it's somebody stuck in a belief system. Cool. Yeah. So, okay, let's dive in. First of all, I would like the names of two females, please. Okay, so I'm going to choose Quan as one of them, and Yina as the other. Okay. So we're going to go with Quan as um, the dead sister and Yina as the client. And Yina is over telephone. And at the very beginning of the session, she says to me, I am a listener. She says, I do know what you do. So she asked if she could actually do things in a combo where she wanted medium to go into open, into soul contracts. And she was just really open to growing and to learning from anything that could come through, but primarily through medium and speaking to her sister, Mm -hmm. which I really do think is what most people want when they're calling a medium to begin with. No, and that you've discounted or you've completely um, gone against what you've said in most podcasts. (laughs) Where people want just the hair color and the eye color and like you're disagreeing with your own self. (laughs) You're right. Oh God, you're so right. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna. (laughs) No, no. Someone like Ina, who is a listener and I can confidently say is coming into this with some knowledge and intelligence of what is possible, Mm -hmm. then yeah, that's what most people want once they're at this stage. Yeah, that's fair. I just forget after 12 years of doing this full-time permanently, um, sometimes when you're on a roll with a certain type of client that calls in, um, yeah, but you are reminding us that, that there's a variety reasons people call. So mm-hmm. thank you. Okay. So Quan starts off the session sharply, Kelly, to say that um, the things that she did to her sister had a lot to do with being a liar and a manipulator and um, using the, the, the lying to manipulate her sister and her mother and her father and siblings and friends and everybody around. Everybody around the family unit, the friend unit, all of it. And that she she sees lying and manipulating as something that is a means to an end, to her own end, to getting her own way. But she describes right off the bat that she goes to confession every day to kind of like put it in the garbage can 
and be able to walk out and start afresh to do it again. Because she has a belief that once you go to a confessional, you don't suffer for your sins when you die. Isn't that what one of the religion teaches you? Yeah. And she shows this right at the very beginning where you see or we see her, oh, pardon me, I see her walking into a church and she says she does this on a daily basis. So she goes to church every morning, bright and early in the morning, the first mass of the day. And she likes it to be early (laughs) because she wants to be able to start her day doing what she does with a clean slate that this God or Jesus, and this is the religion, it's got a God and a Jesus in it, that are going to forgive her for her sins, are then going to allow her to go out and give her permission to do her lying and her manipulating again that day. It doesn't start out that way when she's young, when she's a child. It becomes that over time, she says, as she figures out, well, if I really believe that this Jesus died for my sins, and I really believe that I go to confession to get rid of those sins, and that I don't carry them with me when I die, then I really can get away with some things on earth. And that's going to suit my purpose to be able to get my own needs met. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to state a very controversial opinion. I think she's right. Oh, I think if you follow particular religions to the letter, she's doing exactly what they say is true. That's right. Confess to me and God will forgive you. Okay. There isn't a part in there that says, now learn from your mistakes and do better. There isn't a part that says, hold yourself accountable. There isn't practical tools being offered to say, it's your responsibility to grow and be a better person. Some religions say, keep everything between you and God, and he will always forgive, except he kind of won't. Like, her logic is not entirely flawed. Yeah. For someone handing her this logic. That's right. And and what's really neat, I was just thinking about this the other day, so it's funny that this is the story, is that so many people cherry pick. It's like, well, I like that I'm going to choose that I can dump it and I can go out and be whatever I want to be. And then I can't really believe certain other things. Like there's so many contradictory things in the religion that I don't understand how people just cherry pick. Okay, so you've done it again. You've stolen most of my notes, but... (laughs) It's okay. People have things to do on a Saturday, you know? That's right. (laughs) Wrap up the story, ladies. Let's go. So then she shows the rosary, and she shows me where she takes this rosary, and she hangs it in her car, and she has it in her bedroom, and she takes these little medallions of Mary and all of these different religious things, and she has them in nooks and crannies and the glove compartment and under her mattress and under her pillow and in a pocket. And she does necklaces, and she's got this necklace front and back that covers her heart and her back so that she's protected from anybody stabbing her in the back. So she shows me these religious things where she's buying into these certain beliefs. And then she shows me um, where 
because she has these beliefs and processes. So she shows herself saying the rosary, like I'm going to do what the priest said. The priest said five Hail Marys, three glory bees, one our father, your sins will be forgiven. And she sits down and she's just gleeful. She's yeah. so happy. It's a good formula. It is. And so she sits in church and she loves church. Like it is her joy. Um, to be able to be in church to get this done. And it's like, oh, cool beans. So she sits there, she gets it done. She feels so good. This is such a euphoric feeling of joy and release. And and I, I wonder if some therapist listening to this might go, yes, and that's called... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, these endorphins running, right? Or whatever the the proper term is where she feels really, truly joy. She really feels high. She feels so good about herself. She does what she needs to do in church to obey the rules. So she feels really good. Sit, stand, kneel. You can see where she feels like, I'm so good here. I'm perfect. And that's key. She can find perfection in there for that 40 minutes or that one hour or whatever that time frame is. Because perfection is really contained. Sing this song, say these words, and she knows these words off by heart. So she doesn't even have to think about the words. She can just regurgitate this and then go out the door. And now it's like, okay, now I've got a clean slate. This feels great. And then do whatever she wants in order to manipulate and undermine and do anything she wants in a day. But she also shows in a day where she really adores um, Mother Teresa. And the idea of if I serve the poor, then it's a surefire ticket into heaven. So you see her doing her little tasks in a day where she does things to take care of people that are in a worse situation than her. So if I can afford to give money, because I don't have any, but the family I live with gives me money, my parents, then I'm going to I'm going to give money or I will do acts of service, then she wants to keep all of these good acts of service on a checklist, so to speak, so that when she dies and goes to get into her heaven, she just has to say, well, I was like Mother Teresa. What? It's and a I, checklist, but not a check balance? Yeah. Like she's not writing down the things that she does are mean no. and balancing it? No. So it's just a checklist of, <laughs> yes. I will do these things. That's yes. interesting. And also the whole concept, I will give to get. Yes. And so her sister is sitting there and she's listening to me and she's saying, you are really describing my sister. This is really validating for me. I appreciate this. And you're helping me validate that this is how I saw my sister. This is the fraud that I saw her for who she is, that she was manipulating this religion, that she was working it to her benefit, that she was, like as you said earlier, Kelly, she was cherry-picking beliefs. She was cherry-picking things she wanted to out of it to make it work for her. And then turning around and going out into the rest of her life, you know, when she walks down the church steps into the day, and that's when she could pick and choose, I will be nice to this person because they are in a worse position than me. But other And other people that I need that actually serve a purpose for me, like my parents and certain people in my life that are actually driving me around, 
um, paying my bills, um, and, and doing things that serve me, I will do good things for them. But this one particular sister who's in this session, she doesn't have that role. She doesn't kiss her sister's ass. She doesn't drive her around. She doesn't meet her needs. She puts herself outside of this group of people because she sees what they're all doing. And she, she positions herself outside of it so her sister, her dead sister, can be, or she believes, can be mean to her. And that is what she does. She is mean to this sister. And this is the person who's calling and saying, I, I want to know that I understood this correctly. Mm-hmm. I want to know that the way that I saw all of this is accurate and that I am not crazy in my mind, that I am not going to listen to my other siblings who attack me or who say I wasn't nice to her or whatever else they want to say. I want to know that the boundaries that I have set around this unhealthy, dysfunctional family and some of the beliefs some of them have, and this particular sister has, that I am seeing it through healthy eyes and healthy beliefs and that I have done the good work you and I call it the dirty work, mm-hmm. to to come outside of that and that where I sit is a healthy place to be. I want, I want that affirmed. That's cool because a therapist can affirm those things if, if we know for certain that Quan behaved the way that she did. Many therapists will say, well, I, I don't really know if I can affirm things for you because I only know your sister through your lens. And what Yina did by calling a medium was to say, channel for me what happened. Channel for me and tell me truly what she did and what her motives were. Then I can get the validations. Okay, and I'm going to add to what you've just said, that Yina explains to me that the reason that she found you and I was because of a therapist Hmm. who in fact said to her, Um, I can only do so much for you, but you should go see a medium. Beautiful. And get your validations in that way. Record your session if you want. And if you would like to, bring it back, and I promise I will listen to it and continue your sessions with you. Oh, that's lovely. So Yina's purpose is multiple, multiple fold here. She, She wants what she wants for herself to understand, yeah, um, I've seen this correctly, and I am going to take this to my therapist so that the two of us have a plan to go forward for me. Mm-hmm. And Quan says to me, Karen, she says, I want to give a really solid validation. She says, I, that I, and an apology that I want to give my sister Yina. She says, right before I died, I phoned her. And I didn't phone her to apologize I didn't phone her to say, I know that I'm dying. I didn't call her to acknowledge what I did or to say, you were right to do this or you're not crazy. I wasn't thinking of her at all. In true fashion to who I was my whole life, I called my sister right before I passed to ask her to help me. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I said, okay, that's a great validation. I said, what did your sister say to you? And she goes, she refused me. She stood her ground and decided to stay healthy. She chose to go back to her therapist and work through that last conversation that I had with her. Um, And I want to tell her that I'm sorry 
um, that I did that to her. She says, on earth, I never would have apologized. I died in my shit. I died going, crossing over, going, where's my checklist? Where's my checklist? I want through. Like expecting that there really are gates and that there really is a man in front of those gates. And I'll say named Peter. Maybe what, hypothetically, yeah. Well, that's what they believe. And that that and that Peter's going to stand there and say, checklist, please. And that some people listening to this in this religion will say, This is all bullshit. We do not all believe this. And that's correct. Oh, that's true of any religion. No one person is pardon me. You're never gonna have a mass of people interpret something the exact same way. Right. We're just illustrating, or she's just illustrating, a very extreme version of no health. Right. Thank you. I, I appreciate that you're wording it that way. That's what I'm trying to convey here, is, is that Quan is really unhealthy within this religion. And we're not blaming the religion. We're saying that this is Quan's purposeful um, impression or breakdown of it so that she could get through life the way she wanted to. And that her sister saw that for what it was. I would partly blame the religion. That's fair. I, if you're going to spew an unhealthy message that creates bad logic, as in confess and this God will forgive everything, you can't, you can't fault a human being for having bad thoughts. You can't you can't fault mm. them for for following the exact message you just laid out. Yeah, that's true. I think there I think there should be fault put on to these institutions for continuing to print and preach the message. Mm -hmm. And if it was said one way way back when and it was meant in a different context, then why isn't anyone working hard to translate better mm -hmm. or evolve the message? Right, and rewrite it. Exactly. Re-say it, clarify it, make sure that people really do know what the healthy message is. Yeah, and like Quan's not off the hook here. I'm just saying I don't mm -hmm. think we can put 100% on her. Mm -hmm. Fair. There's one more message, Kelly. And it was this phrase that came up that, her, that uh, Quan kept saying to me, a little suffering is good for the soul. And I said that to Yina, what is this? And she goes, oh my God, Karen. She goes, that's my sister's favorite saying. She goes, I think that should have been on her gravestone. She goes, my sister totally believed in the whole Mother Teresa stuff about a little suffering is good for the soul. Well, it sounds like she believed that someone else should suffer, not exactly. her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that she was willing to inflict the suffering on other people under the guise that it's good for their soul because a little suffering means that you will get yourself into heaven. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, you can't really argue with bad logic. Like you're just in a cesspool of circular motions. Yeah. And so at the very end of this, Quan comes through to say to her sister, since I've died, I have had to sit down and look at all of these things without that lens. I have had to sit here outside of the cognitive dissonance that that created and be able to go, oh my God, I cannot believe the life that I have lived. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that I walked around preaching a little suffering is good for the soul. Mm 
She says, when I hear that, when I look back at my life, I cannot believe what I've done. And so this is something that Yina says to me, I have been waiting decades to hear that. Mm -hmm. I have been waiting decades to know that my sister finally is healing, Mm -hmm. finally is hearing the truth. She says, I didn't book this appointment to hear that my sister is suffering. I booked this appointment to hear that my sister is healing and is being loved. And and gets it, which is what healing means. But let's spell it out in plain and simple terms that she is getting it. Yeah. Well, I love it. You just spelled out that Yina showed up to have a conversation with her sister mm-hmm. to make sure to make sure or to to confirm her belief system that when she passed she would get it and, and experience healing. Um she can't do that for herself obviously. That's why she called you. And because the therapist couldn't give her that at that point. And I love that there was a collaborative team that said go get the right professional to help heal this internal problem. Because the the answer that you were able to give her also solves a very philosophical problem, right? Of the need for closure. Yes. And and the concept of do we get it? Right. And we think sometimes that we're going to get it if we go to a wake, or we think we're going to get it if we go to a funeral home, or we go through some of these other things which have other good reasons that we do them. Yeah, but we also more often than not get shitty false words in a eulogy where people are just trying to sugarcoat things. And I love that Quan showed up to be the guide in this situation, and yourself, of course, because you're channeling her. Um, but Quan showed up to give her the truth as the guide today. And it's neat because everyone walks away with a plan, but plans don't always necessarily involve action. And I'm, I'm illustrating that because today, Yina's plan was to listen, to understand, in order to then be able to move to a place in her relationship with her dead sister and know that they were finally on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was her final goal. And whether or not she can receive all of that, which it sounds like she did, but whether or not someone can receive all of those big truths right then and there in the session is not the point. The call to action is to let you sit with that, sit with the information to make sure it resonates with you and then be able to accept when you're ready. Yes. So she gets to a place of truth, a place of understanding, validation, of course, and she's about to get many more as she heads to her therapist's office um, and she gets to stay healthy. Yeah. Like, And the alternative is huge confusion, missing information, which the therapist identified, in fact, was the case, um, and and heavy, heavy feelings of sadness, anger, rumination, and lack of health. Yeah. I love it. So she stepped up, made the call, and walked away with what feeling? Peace. Love it. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.